So, Amber, you really have this presence about you of having this amazing emotional intelligence of understanding those different personalities and then how to manage, lead, motivate them. How did you get here? Because not everybody has the emotional intelligence. Like, what have you done? Like books, classes? Like, how'd you get here? Parents? Trial and error. It's honestly trial and error. It's It was it's just throughout my career, like I said, I had that discipline growing up. I had a lot of discipline growing up. So I wasn't afraid of hard work. I wasn't afraid of somebody putting their foot in my tail if they needed to, because I knew it was coming from a good place. As long as I knew that it wasn't just somebody being a bully, rank bully, whatever the case may be. If you were genuinely trying to help me, I'll receive every word that you're saying. I will receive every word. And just going through all of those years, all different types of leadership, good and bad, because you're going to have it. You're going to have it. It doesn't matter if you're in the military, civilian sector, at school, going to have people that just put on a facade for a minute, but deep down, they're not good people. They're not good people. It's just going to happen. It's just going to happen. So being around them, experience just pulling good and bad things from everybody around me to become the leader that I am. Once I put my stripes on, because that's an E5, when you get promoted, you put on your stripes. That's when you become a non-commissioned officer. And when I got promoted, I put a big banner in my office at the time and it said, hashtag be the change. Because those negative leaders and everything had made me so mad. I was like, I'm getting out. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I was that soldier that I told you about that I enjoyed counseling. That was me. That was me. I knew I was before. I knew I was doing everything I was supposed to do. But just having those few people above me that just wanted to tear down to try to build themselves up for whatever personal reasons they had going on at the time. I said, I knew I would never do that. I would never do that to anybody because I know how it feels. I want to be here. I love what I do. Now I just need people to push me. You can have drive all day long, but every now and then you need a pull. You need a pull up. So yeah. if I could be that person to find somebody that's in that moment and pull them up, you are a beautiful person. You are a hard worker. You are you call them super true. Super true. What are you doing today? What do you need from me? How can I support you? What do you, you call know? it? Super true? Super true. Because they're all truths, but super true. What's going on? I see, I see it in you. How can I pull that out? What do you need from me? Stay on top of your game. Do this, do that. They mad at you. In one ear, out the other, do what you do and you build up, you be better than them. Mm-hmm. You take their position and you outshine everybody else around you. You just Mama have to. Mama Mac, you, you got to <laughs> go have and to let it roll. You have to. It's, and it's really just that. Like, use the bad people as motivation to outshine them. That's it. That is, that, that is such a great nugget for people, anybody listening to this, to take that away. Take those negative people and outshine them. That's it. That's it. And it's not a, a ego stroking thing or I'm trying to be better than you. It's a no. You have no idea how many people you are tearing down. So now I'm going to build up double, triple the amount of people that you tore down. To make up to. for it. Exactly. So I just have you have to be that motivating factor in whoever that you're present in some form of fashion, some form of fashion. I I have a sense that just from the story you told about your own mama, that some of this also comes probably from your upbringing, because it sounds like you had a pretty powerful parental influence. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So from mom, grandma, great grandma, my great grandmother had a huge influence on my growing up. She didn't let any of her great grandbabies go to daycare. 
daycare was not a thing. He said, no, you can bring them right here. And I finally great believed grandma. grandma. Great. No games. No game. Okay. Old school. <laughs> That's awesome. But being around her and learning her ways and everything else and just having that, that, that type of reinforcement behind you on how a woman of color, being from where we are, having what she had, passing it on and everything else. Because I have a huge family, huge family. Her alone, she had 10 kids. And of the 10 kids, most of those kids had 10 kids. <laughs> so John Norman's family, John Norman's family. But how from the era that she came up in to where she was, to how she supported her family, how she worked and everything else and what she was able to accomplish and things like that. And just being that strong woman to kind of bring everybody together all the time. If anybody needed anything, just a talk or whatever, they came to grandma's house. And they knew me because of, oh, this little Amber over there from, they call my grandma, Métis. Métis's house. Yeah, she over there all the time. That's how everybody knew me. And I was with my grandma all the time. But just hearing that counseling part, my grandmother was a prayer woman. Hearing the prayer and everything else, that that strong, just push that you always need from your grandma. Even my grandmother now and my mother, they follow in the same line. But kind of going starting from the root of it, from her, of where it kind of all started, and then just kind of growing through life with the other generations of it and how it trickled down through my family. The roots of my family, the foundation of my family is kind of all the same. So every female that you meet in my family is like this. I might just be, I might just talk more. That's it. <laughs> I love it. That is such a great story. So let's talk about the whole female you can mm-hmm. talk about women in military. We were talking about women in, of color in the military. So one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you here today is because I'm working with recruiters and every opportunity I get where there's a there's only usually a few women in the training. There's, there's far more men. And I know that it's probably more of a challenge getting out there and trying to recruit young girls to join. And there's all kinds of objections. And we can talk about that a little bit. But how do you try to inspire young girls and move the needle to make joining the military not a scary thing for them? You just have to be relatable, you know, because this is me all day long, whether I'm in uniform, out of uniform, it doesn't matter the rank on your chest. I'm going to talk to everybody the same way. I'm going to give that same energy to everybody. So talking to young women in school, out of school, or just women in general, when they ask those questions, be like, how do you do it? What do you do? And like I told you, I initially joined the army in the first combat MOS that was open to females without even knowing. I just knew I was going to do it. So letting them know my experience being in a male dominated, not only branch, because the military is obviously male dominated, but in that job was also male dominated. I can count on one hand how many females I've worked with when I initially came in. It increased eventually on my way out, but we were severely outnumbered. So working with them, feeling, not having to prove myself, but having to prove myself without it being said out loud that I can do it just as good as you, if not better. And most of the time, I made sure it was better. That was just me and putting my own time, my own cape and putting it on and just kind of running with it. But you don't have to do that. And I tell them all the time, like, this was my story. This is where I came from. But you don't have to do that if you don't feel comfortable doing things like that. I went extreme. I went extreme at the time, or at least as extreme as I could go. But they don't have to do that. It's so many other 
jobs that we have that most people don't even realize that we offer as actual MOSs or jobs in the Army that align with, I'm going to school for this, I'm going to school for that. We offer that, right? We have that as a job. Or you do, I didn't know, I'm a woman. How do I do this? How do I do that? Just being able to let them know we're not robots. I am still Amber. I'm Amber. I might be Sarmac in the uniform, but I'm still Amber. Amber doesn't go anywhere. So even though I'm a soldier 24-7 and I might look at things differently, I may talk in acronyms every now and then. I'm still me. I'm still me. So I never, just being able to reinforce me not having to change who I was to be where I am now. And I just kind of, I didn't change who I was, but I grew. And if it wasn't for the army, I would not have grown as I did as much as I have and things like that. So just really sharing my story, showing that I can still get my hair done. I can still get my nails done. I drive nice cars and everything. I got kids. I had kids in the army and all kinds of other stuff. So just letting them know my life didn't stop in the army. And another reason why I reached out to you, too, is because I follow you on Instagram. You follow me. I've got a lot of recruiters that we follow each other. And I, I always love look the female recruiters, especially because you really have you yourself, but also a lot of other females, like you're showing up as your womanly self, right? Mm-hmm. When you're in civilian clothes. And it's like every time I was like, oh my God, look at her, right? Like, right. She's got the, she's got the military side, but she's also got the human outside of military mom, wife side. And you also brought up like the different MOSs, like I remember when I first started working with re- recruiters and I was learning the different MOSs. And one thing that had surprised me that I didn't know about was that recruiting high school band members because yes, being in the band is its own MOS. And I'm like, what? I'm like, who knew? And I think there are people don't necessarily understand the opportunities in the military that you have, right? I, you need a band, yeah. right? And definitely need a band. And the chances of you being at the front line, probably not as high if you're in the band, right? Not at all. <laughs> not at all. No. So I think that there's some of those misconceptions that, you know, and I know this from working with recruiters, like some of the top objection usually from parents is, I don't want my child to die, right? Let's talk about some of the difficulty or objections that you get when you are recruiting. What comes up the most? That one. That's, I, I don't, don't want my child die. to die. I don't want to go to war and everything else. I tell them I have a higher chance of dying in a vehicle or walking down the road here than I do overseas while deployed. There's, I felt safer over there than I did over here. Mm-hmm. The pillow was going on in society, but you can die. I say you can die as soon as you walk out the door. Heaven forbid you get in a car accident, but you can die at any time. No one has control over that. Life is going to happen when life happens. I don't want to go to war. Don't choose a job to have to go to war. You, they forget, they choose their job. You don't mm-hmm. see what you want, you walk away. You try again later. Hopefully they have seats. If you don't want those types of jobs, don't pick those jobs. Don't think you're going to get swindled in it or anything else like that. We can't choose your job for you. We can't do anything for you. You know, a lot of, a big misconception is recruiters put you in the army. We can't actually put you in the army. You have to do that at MEPS, the Military Entry Processing Station, and we can't even be there. We got you through the process. We are here to provide information and everything else. We give you advice. If I was you, I would do this. I would not do this. This is why I would not. We're going to weigh out all these pros and cons. You're going to make your own decision. 
I can't click any buttons for you. I can't do any of that. I just guide you through the process. We are literally information vessels. That is what we're here for. We, that's why they call those career counselors. We are counseling you on if this is an option for you, if it's not an option, you know, which option is better for you, which job is better for you, so on and so forth. They tend to forget that part because they're so sold on whatever happened so many years ago before I was even born. Recruiters lie. They do this. They do that. They do this. And I'm just like, if I lie, I'm going to get in trouble. And my consequence is how to reduce my pay or something like that. And I like my check too much. Okay. You are, <laughs> you're important, but you're not as important to alter my check. No, not at all. The, the rents, the rents do. The rents do. The rent is due. <laughs> one way or another. So, and I, I tell them, I tell them all that it is, it is their decision. The ball is 100% in their court. I just guide them through the process. So between the recruiters loud, the time recruiters going to swim to you into this, well, we can push out a flyer where you get bonuses up to $50,000. You can choose your first duty station. Oh, that's not true. How do you know? You're not here. You can't click the button. <laughs> so, and then you go in, you can go back a little bit further. A few years ago, Vanessa Guillen and things like that, all of the sexual harassment and, and all of those unfortunate incidents that ruffled so many feathers. I know for me personally, just watching it, hearing about it, it just, it made me angry to the core. It bothered me to the core just because I know how to take care of my soldiers and things like that. As any type of caring leader, it, it just made us all mad. It just made us all very angry to see things like that happen. But at the same time, the reality of it is, like I said before, people put on those facades to get where they need to go. There's going to be a bad apple no matter where you go. You have to go back to who you are and the type of person that you are. I'll say it in front of parents because a lot, most of the time that concern comes from parents, not necessarily the applicant or the child themselves, mm-hmm. the young man or woman. That You go back to how mom and daddy raised you. You are said first name first before you are private whoever, you know, how would first name react versus how would private whoever react. Amber might react differently to Sergeant Mack. Not that much different, <laughs> but it'll get a similar reaction. You go back to your moral compass. What would mama do? What I, well, you know what I tell my mama about this kind of thing? You got to, you have to always have your moral compass on no matter what. If somebody's not giving you the right energy, if somebody's asking you to do things that you feel like, I don't think I should be doing this, you can say no. You can, They just feel like because we wear the uniform, we have to say yes. We are not yes men. If it's, more, if it's immorally not valid for us, we can absolutely say, no, I don't feel comfortable doing this. Either I don't feel comfortable doing it or I need somebody with me when I do it. Well, going back to that, this came up with a training that I did last week, the, the sexual harassment piece of mm-hmm. it or sexual assault piece of it came up as an objection because as we work on objection handling, how do we deal with these objections that right. you get when you're trying to recruit? And it, similar to I don't want to die. Well, one of the one of the turnarounds is like your chances are higher of dying in a car accident than actually mm-hmm. deploying and dying that way. And when you look at sexual assault or sexual harassment, the corporate world is still filled with it. Ladies and gentlemen, it Corporate, is college, there. everything. Else. It's ever it's everywhere. So you might hear about it in the media when it comes to military, because maybe it's we like to sensationalize that 
we should really sensationalize more of the everyday corporate stuff we're seeing or college stuff that we're seeing. Right. Because it exists everywhere. Everywhere, everywhere. And you have to tell them that. But like you said, but because U.S. Army, such and such, military members, such and such, it's just it brings in a spotlight on us. Not saying that's not a bad thing. For me, it holds people accountable. I don't mind it. I hate to see it because you don't want those things to happen. But again, reality is it's going to happen. We have There's all bad apples. Things. There's bad apples, right? It's kind of like I'm married to a cop. And so cops get a bad rep. Like they're not all bad. Yeah. They're not all bad. There's a handful, Mm -hmm. just like everything. There's a handful of bad people in every walk of life. Right. Right. And just being able to prove that, just being able to prove that there are, most of us are good leaders. They are, the majority of us are genuinely good, caring leaders out to really serve our country, get reaped benefits of serving our country, really take care of the people around us and things like that. Because if that wasn't the case, we wouldn't wear the uniform. Now, granted, I also tell a lot of people, like 90% of the people that join the army are joining the army for something, not just, I want to serve my country. Some of them do. Some of them do. Most of them, they they need something out of it. Free college, health care, Whatever the case may be. I was just going to um, ask you, can you share with some of our listeners? Because this also surprised me. Like I knew college, the getting college paid for, but there are a lot of benefits to yes. being in the military that people are not aware of. Can you give us some of those, like why somebody, how they could benefit, including, I'm going to put, I don't know if this happened in your training. One thing that came up was like, well, we're, we can't recruit to affluent people because they can pay for their own college. And I'm like, Okay, so nobody affluent ever enlists. And then, of course, people are like, no, they do. And so there's different reasons for them to mm-hmm. enlist. What would right. be some reasons that people would benefit? So you have to, one, just as a recruiter in general, as in sales, you cater your message to whoever you're talking to. So if I'm going to a very wealthy person's neighborhood, house, or whatever the case may be, my message isn't going to be, oh, free college, because they're like, pay for that, whatever. That's yes. Yeah. Nothing. It will probably be excitement, moving around, being able to support themselves, starting their own foundation and things like that. Because I tell people all the time, I got to stop saying that. I said like 20 times. <laughs> but one of the main points that I hit is that even if you don't know what you really want to do in life, just think about it. If you're 18, are you doing exactly what you wanted to do when you were 18? No. But it changes. Yeah. It's going to change like 8 million times. I can't even remember what I wanted to do at 18. But I know what I wanted to be at 18. And it was <laughs> nowhere near. I wanted to be an obstetrician. Obviously not delivering any babies. <laughs> <laughs> but you're taking but, care um, of babies. <laughs> yeah. But going through that, having those goals that are absolutely attainable and either not sure how to get there, have this plan set, but it's kind of unrealistic in a sense or things like that. Being able to let them know this is a career. You don't have to be in it for 18, 20 years if you don't want to be. You choose those small increments. You do three, 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 three. And you set your foundation. Get in those, that free college that we're talking about. Because yes, Army pays for college, 100%. And you're still able to use FAFSA and Pell Grants and everything else. So that's additional money on top of tuition assistance or your post 9-11 GI Bill that you get for college. We have full-time options if you want to just go ahead and do the small increments. We have part-time options where if you want to be a full-time student and you just need help paying for school, we have that. You could, you only have to wear the uniform one weekend a month. 
That's a win-win to me. If they're paying for six years of school, they'll carry you all the way to your master's degree. What do you need me to do? You need me to sleep the floor, bring up some gum. I wish I knew. School. I wish I knew about it in high school. I don't know if I would have joined, but it would have been an option. It would have. It would have. They are paying you to go to school while paying for your school. Man. Okay. <laughs> we could. So there's a lot of benefits that people so are not. It's just that they're not aware of. So let's shift because we got to start wrapping up soon. Um, okay. So you've been recruiting for three years. Yeah. Are you, sometimes I get my acronyms confused. Are you a permanent recruiter who's rec- who's converted over? You convert over to, so you're, yes. you're now a career recruiter. Correct. Right. Yeah. Okay. So you're in it. You're like, I'm not just staying for three years. I'm staying. I like it. What's next for Amber? Well, I have a promotion coming up soon. So do. Yes. yes I'll be starting first it. class. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's why I'm going to training. Actually, tomorrow I leave. I'm going to the next level leadership course. And then by December, I'll be in E7, starting first class. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. And, th- and then what happens? So I'll get my own recruiting station after that. So like I said, me and my husband are both in the military. We're both active duty. So my movements are, they're not restricted, but they have to be strategic in a sense. And they can't just say, hey, we need you to go over here. He's at this base. So I can only be a certain mileage away at a time. Thanks to the Army, they like to keep the married Army couples together because they have programs that keep you together versus separating you. That's awesome. Oh, wow. That's great. Yep. So once I get promoted, they'll be looking at strategically where they can move me so I can take over my own recruiting station after that. And then, yeah, just go still work to my goals, still work towards the goals and just keep spreading positivity. <laughs> what are, what's the big goal? Staying for 20? Like, what's the big goal look like? Oh, absolutely. I, I definitely, I'm too far into it to say, no, yeah. I'm done. I'm too far into it. And I love it. I love it too much to say, no, I'm done. I just have unfinished business, I guess you could say. My purpose is not to just stop right here. I have to keep going. My ultimate goal, I would like to, at minimum, be a battalion command sergeant major. Will that happen? Yeah, we don't know. <laughs> yeah, it can, you just tell the world, tell the universe you want it. That's it. That's it. So if I keep saying it, it'll happen, right? It'll happen. <laughs> yep. It'll happen. Yep. That's the ultimate goal. So get the promotion, take over the station and just learn as much as I can, share as much as I can, teach as much as I can, help as much as I can and just go from there. And the Love universe it. will take me where it, it needs to. Exactly. And how old are your kids? Nine and ten. Nine and ten. Mm-hmm. And what else did I want to ask you along those lines? I can't. Oh, oh, what do you do outside of work? Like, what is what is Amber's personal life look like? Shopping. <laughs> Shopping. I do own a business that's kind of on hold right now. So I finished my degree. I'm too close. I'm too close. I need to okay, go okay. full gear. But I do own a business. I make jewelry. I make these earrings, bracelets and everything else. And the shirt. I make the all the polos and stuff. Oh, so cool. just, just kind of custom jewelry, shirts, home decor, things like where that. Can we, where, about, can, where can I buy your stuff? Can uh, I find I it on your Instagram? Instagram? It is on Instagram. I am by Faye. I Ooh. am what? By Faye. F-A-Y-E. That's my middle name. Real country. <laughs> I only heard it when I was in trouble. Amber Faye. I was like, oh, oh God, here we go. Here we go. And what is your, what's your degree in? 
that you're organizational working leadership with the concentration in human resource. Makes sense. Okay, yeah. that is awesome. This was so great having you yeah. on here. I think you're amazing and such a good role model and have such emotional intelligence and have such a great energy. You do such a great service for our country. Thank you, Miss Jaina. Thank you. And thank you for inviting me, for teaching me, for now being my friend. <laughs> yes. Thank yeah. you. You're so welcome. And you know what? I for- Here's the question I wanted to ask you. The training that we did do together, what mm-hmm. were some of the things that you took away from that and having a civilian come in and do this kind of sales training with you? What was the most impactful? One, think how much the sales sales market or sales realm is across the board, how similar it is to what we do versus actual like monetary sales. We, you hear about all the time, yes, marketing is marketing. I get that. But when you broke it down, the telephone framework, all the prospecting and things that we currently do, being able to kind of take, you always learn with the intent to teach, take what you taught us and take it back and say, this is what I learned show them the framework, print it out. This is what you should do. The yes and <laughs> the 30 days of work, 90 day turnaround, all of those key factors to versus just saying do it work, being able to show them this is proof that it works on this side. So it's got to work on this side too. being civilian sales versus military recruiting, just pulling it all. He's kind of it coming full circle and being able to relay that message and show them it put it in a different perspective for my team and we finished like number one. So thank you. <laughs> You're so welcome. That is so awesome. And for those who are not familiar, Jeb Blunt wrote a book called Fanatical Military Recruiting. And that is the training that we do, which is based on fanatical prospecting. And so that's the Jeb has done internships with the military to really learn it and then take his expertise from the commercial world and then bring that to the military. And a lot of people don't realize that we do that kind of work. And I kind of fell into it at Sales Gravy. And I just, I love it so much. I have such a passion for it. For me, it's fun. And Mm -hmm. anyone who's worked with me knows that I have an obsession with challenge coins. So the best thing that happens every time I do training is when I get a challenge coin. Like that is like the most exciting. (laughs) I I had a training last week and uh, literally the colonel gave me his coin and I jumped Mm -hmm. up and down like a little girl. And someone else was like, (laughs) it was like really big. Yeah, someone was like, it was worth giving it to her just for that because I was like, (laughs) that coin. Like, Mm -hmm. like, what is wrong with you? Awesome. It was, again, so great to have you here today. We are definitely new friends. I'm going to, include your Instagram handles into the show notes for this show so people can follow you and get to know you and have you be an inspiration to them. So thanks again for being on the show. Thank you so much for inviting me, Ms. Gina. You're so welcome. (laughs) Hey, listeners, thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Women Your Mother Warned You About. And maybe you're watching it. It's also on YouTube. So you'll be able to see the YouTube episode of this as well. So go check that out. And to get to the YouTube channel, just go to womenyourmotherwarnedyouabout.com. And thank you, Sales Gravy, for sponsoring this show. And as a reminder, salesgravy.university, where you can get access to almost 300 courses, like we're getting close to the 300, live courses, on-demand courses. We publish new courses every single day. I'm actually going into the studios next week to produce some new courses. So we all produce courses as well, Sales Gravy. So go check that out. 
And again, womenyourmotherwarnedyoubout.com. We'll see you next time.